Um, Tess is going to be talking to us, to us about how we can be faithful in our marriages. And then after that, we're going to be talking. If you're feeling like, oh, why am I here? I'm not married. You might be one day. And um, Sitsibile is going to talk to us about faithfulness in singleness. So there's something for everybody. I feel a bit like Moses, where I can identify with Moses. As Nadine says, I want to talk a little bit about our faithfulness to God in our marriages. To those who are married or hope to be married at some stage in the future, I hope to make, not make this too much into a marriage course of sorts. God puts a very high value on marriage. In the beginning, God created everything, including man, male and female, and brought them together in marriage. God created marriage. He created it to be wonderful and special and a mystery as he brings two people together as one. Marriage isn't a contract. It's not a piece of paper. It's a covenant between a husband and a wife and God. We were made in God's image and we, among other things, were created to worship and live for God's glory. I think Nadine mentioned that. But sin entered the world, and marriage along with everything else and every aspect of human life is broken and damaged because of it. Now we, now we, are two sinful, imperfect people coming together in marriage. It can be wonderful at times, and it can also be difficult. So how do we live faithfully in marriage for God's glory in this context? I've read and just reread um, a book by Tim Keller called The Meaning of Marriage. One of the things I realized again from reading the books is that marriage is wonderful and hard. It's not always happily ever after, but there are amazing times of oneness. Another thing I realized is in the context of a Christian marriage, marriage is meant to bring about a character change through deep friendship. Character change between the husband and the wife. And through deep, meaningful friendship. We were meant to work together through friendship that deepens to help each one become more and more like Jesus. We are meant to work together to help each other live lives that are gospel-centered, helping each one become who God has designed each of us to be, loving God more and giving glory to God. While this is the case, we are each responsible for our own relationships with God. We are told to live spirit-filled lives. Tim Keller says, Christians have learned that the worship of God with the whole heart in the assurance of his love through the work of Jesus is the thing that our souls are meant to run on. We're not meant to be the we are not meant to be the one that is filling up the other's tank. Only God can do that, but we are meant to serve each other in doing it. 
When things are going well in our marriages, it's easy to worship God with our whole heart and to give him glory and to serve him and our spouses faithfully. We can't do this without the help of the Holy Spirit. 1 Peter 1 verse 3 says, His divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to, pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us. That is, God has given us his Holy Spirit, his power for everything in life and godliness. We need to keep being filled with the Holy Spirit to be faithful in our marriages. Be aware of distractions and disappointments that would draw us working mums running a household can find it hard to find time to read the Bible and spend time in prayer and be involved in the church. But I want to encourage you to be jealous of that time and don't let anything rob you of the time with God. I found that in times when my marriage was not going so well, when things were difficult, when I needed help, to look to a source of love from the third person in the covenant of my marriage, and that was a relationship with God. I dug deep into God's word, and he didn't disappoint me. I'll give a little bit of my testimony now <laughs> to bring this in. Greg and I had been married for about six years, and both of us had been very active in the church. Um, then... Greg started pulling back and eventually stopped going to church altogether. This put a strain on our marriage. It's really tough for me because I didn't understand it. Um, he was faithful working in the church and now not. He wasn't talking or explaining why and I couldn't change him. I couldn't. I cried out to God and he gave me Isaiah 41 from the second part of verse... 9 and verse 10. He said to me, you are my servant. I have chosen you and not cast you off. Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. God filled my tank and helped me to remain faithful. As I read the Bible more and more, um, other verses gave me guidance and direction. Verses like Ephesians 4 verse 1, it says, Therefore I, a prisoner of the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling which you have been called. Colossians 1.10 also says a similar thing. It says, So walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him, bearing fruit in every good work, increasing in knowledge of God. And also Philippians 1.27 says, only let your manner of life be worthy of the gospel of Christ. I made at that time a conscious decision to follow Jesus no matter what. I went to church. I got involved, even leading a community group with Machrit, Machrit for a few years. <laughs> I've been leading community group on and off for 25 years, roughly. <laughs> During that time, God taught me so much about himself, his love and forgiveness and grace. 
and this prepared me for what was to come. I remained faithful to God and to my husband, and God also showed me that I needed to make changes in, my, in the marriage myself. It wasn't just Gregory had to change. There were things in my life that I had to change too. And he gave me 1 Peter 3, verses 1 and 2, and it says, Likewise, likewise, wives, be subject to your own husbands, so that even if some do not obey the word, they may be won without a word by the conduct of their wives, when they see your respectful and pure conduct. This scripture was both an encouragement and a challenge to me. I needed to be living a gospel-centered life, a life that was God-glorifying, and also loving and respectful to my husband, and maybe Greg would change. This was not a formula, but it gave me hope. It was something that I could do in that time. I knew that I couldn't change God, uh, Greg, only God could do that. And after 14 years, God did. He radically changed Greg. I give glory to God for what he did in me, filling my grace tank, that I could give it freely for him restoring our marriage. He is the faithful one. The whole Bible speaks of God's faithfulness to his people Israel and to us. And that helped me to be faithful. He is worthy of our faithfulness to him in our, and our spouses in our marriages. I like this quote from C.S. Lewis. It kind of sums things up for me, um, which I'd like to share. And then he says, When I have learned to love God better than my earthly dearest, I shall love my earthly dearest better than I do now. Thank you.